We are encountering silence. Encountering Silence is made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. Please visit patreon.com forward slash encountering silence to learn more about how you can be part of the circle and share in our efforts to bring silence into our all too noisy world. This is the second part of a two-part interview. The first part was released last week in our previous episode of Encountering Silence. Therese, I'm really struck by this embodied way of accompanying our fellow human and how that can be a part of all aspects of our lives. And kind of as Kevin was talking about how you know, we are dying beings. We are beings that will die um, and that will come. And just this embodied way of loving people more deeply, I'm just really, really struck by that. And along with that, I wonder if you could also speak to just the fact that death does come and it does meet us. And oftentimes we view this as one of the great silences of life that is incredibly challenging and painful and difficult, no matter how we accompany someone at the end. Cassidy, may I say that sometimes doctors and nurses and hospital administrators are placed in an untenable situation because there are times in which every death is perceived or received as a failure. But in fact, if we bring death and dying and living and becoming back into the fullness of the life cycle, an integral life cycle, then our perspective becomes nuanced, uh, more based on reality rather than abstractions. One thing I could say, I hope it doesn't seem as if I'm trying to change the subject or avoid something, but this I just offer from my own life I'm a gardener. I'm a way better human being if I garden. Um, if I dig and hoe and prune and work in the soil and the ground and plant and transplant and perspire and work and <laughs> really, but it means that I'm observing from planting to germination all the way through the blossoming period, the ripening period, and then to the dying period, I'm able to see all the stages as part of a life cycle. The apple trees and cherry tree and all the trees and berries are dormant right now in the winter, 
but they're going to come back in a new form next year. The most challenging thing I've learned, because I was a little bit too gentle, was I, I was hesitant to trim back uh, the herbs and the berries and the lilacs and the flowers and the roses. And I had to learn the hard way that if I trim back, if I prune, they grow with much more vitality and fragrance and color in the, in the next little phase. And something that's a palpable teaching about how metanoia actually really works. If I have the strength to prune parts of myself that are all over the place, disproportionate, thorny, weedy, then I'm putting dying and becoming in the same arc. And so gardening has taught me maximally about a sacramental life, incarnation, spirituality, embodiment, and soulment. And then when we go into the medical setting and see how friends and family members and loved ones care. Um, a lot of our professional life, we have to work at our computers doing documentation. But the fact of the matter is, if I put my hands on the harp strings or put my hands in the soil, it's going to change the way in which I can hold you, touch you, be with you wordlessly uh, or eye to eye. So, so I'm, I want to come back full circle here to, uh, we've got the medical personnel who are placed in the untenable situation of having death appear to be a failure when in fact it's part of the life cycle. And then we have the loved ones, the family members who are with their husband, their wife, their child, their brother, their sister, their best friend who's dying. And we know that those people are doing everything they can. That does not mean that there won't be grief. In my experience, the grief is also a part of the life cycle. And if we go all the way through it, body, soul, spirit, thinking, feeling, willing, we have the possibility of becoming whole and radiant in that much larger perspective. So, so that's, I think, you know, the title of the book I'm finishing for Angelico is called uh, The Luminous Wound. That's what I'm hoping to refer to. It's not by surgically removing pain or suffering or sorrow or grief from our life or medicating ourselves with painkillers or whatever, but by being with the fullness of life experiences and the life cycle that a radiance can emerge. I don't want to sound as if I'm not a citizen of the planet. I, I, I am a citizen of the planet rather than uh, 
a member of some tribal group. But Christianity has taught me that dying and becoming are one. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that other paths don't. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. just that that is what a sacramental life has uh, meant for me. Or, or somehow that's been in the soil of my soul. So that when I traveled the world and encountered many other cultures and every religion, I was able to see and to experience, not to abstract, but to experience that a fundamental unity is possible, but only if we make room for it. We have to make carve out special time and room for it. And that's why and how it all begins in silence for me. Everything, everything good. Now, of course, I differentiate being silenced is not the same thing as encountering silence. One is a way of life, a condition of being. The other is a horrible pejorative and very damaging. I appreciate, too, the distinction here. The distinction of death is not a failure. It's interesting because you made that connection before that medical technology and medicine has moved in the direction of medical is more focused on the technological. And in technology... You achieve, you try to get something done to achieve something, and if it doesn't get done, you fail. That that's your input. It's input output. That's it. Whereas you've just described that being a gardener, being embodied, suggests that those characteristics don't comply because death is part of the entire cycle itself. So the, the, you couldn't view it as a failure. It's part oh, of the yeah. it's part of the whole <laughs> process. Now, of course, there's grief. And these other things, yeah. but yeah. it's part of the process so that you can't define it as failure. Yeah. Well, and so when you have a really beautiful rose and the bud first appears and then slowly the petals open, the fragrance exudes into the air. It's so beautiful. But a week later, it will start to fade and... Even the fragrance can get kind of a sickeningly sweet and then eventually musty. Mm. And then it starts to decompose. So the life of the gardener embraces the entire, all the different stages. It mm. doesn't isolate that decomposition of the rose. doesn't confuse a part for the whole. It's... Seeing, step, we need to step back to see the entire life cycle. And what's been really important to me is all the teachings that are possible in gardening. They're very deep and very kind and very real. And we can approach those as Buddhists and Christians and Jews indigenous first peoples, 
no matter what our formation and identity, we can all come to gardening and the earth with those insights. And so they, they, um, they're larger than the boxes in which we tend to place our theological uh, polemic and tendency for dogmas that sometimes exclude one another rather than embrace one another. So anyway, I, that those those larger perspectives to me are the key key components of life, and they become immediately evidenced or demonstrable how loving and respectful we are not just for each other but for each other's different experiences so if you're completely flattened by grief that is what it is rather than a failure and it takes the time that it takes rather than some preconceived notion that this sonata should not exceed more than 12 minutes it, it, it takes the time that it requires to express itself organically and unfold in time and outside of time. Our conversation will continue after this brief moment of silence. Please take a break with us and be present in this short period of silence. So one of the things that is so present in an end-of-life care uh, consciousness is that you discover really quickly that those judgments aren't so fruitful. They're not really so very fruitful. But being with one another, restoring human intimacy is very sacred and reverberant and resonant and palpable, fragrant uh, kind of condition of being and fills the whole room, even though it looks that there are only two people in there. Well, we are all contemplative here, and so and 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 thank you even for your comment about the distinction between encountering silence and being silenced. That's actually a, a one of the the core kind of conversation themes of this podcast. Uh, we 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 talked about this a couple of episodes ago that we we feel that silence is so beautiful that we must speak out against its abuse. Oh, thank you. Oh, oh, that is that is the heart of the matter. Thank you so much. Um, may I just say, please, that as conversation partners, 
Something new and beautiful just happened here in this hour. Any one of us or all of us could have shown up maybe distracted or in our talking heads persona. And we we didn't. We would love to be able to share some of your music. And I don't know if you would ever, a couple of thoughts there, if, if we could have permission to share some of your recorded music or if you would be comfortable uh, playing the harp over Skype so we could record it for the podcast. Would either of those possibilities be available? Yeah, thank you, Carl. Um, whatever you come up with, I'm moved and thrilled and honored. Because um, we all know that we've been influenced by others. And it's really important to risk sharing for the good of others.
I, I so appreciate your generosity, but I really would like to hear a little bit more about the luminous wound. I have a lifetime of teaching and publication, and we're putting together a series of books in contemplative musicianship and in music thanatology. This beautiful publishing house, Angelico Press, uh, I've signed a publishing contract with them. So that's what that is. Those are a series of books under the initial rubric of The Luminous Wound, which are a gathering together of um, 36 different essays about contemplative musicianship and music thanatology. I think it'll be beautiful, it will be meaningful, and I will be preparing these for publication late in life rather than when I'm young. So I need to be incredibly accurate and precise and but meaning-filled and unafraid to find a way to grapple with words that does justice to meaning and values. Therese, this is such a rich conversation. And my intuitive sense is that we're nowhere near finishing this conversation. Unfortunately for today, we're, we're out of time. And so we're going to wrap this up. But it is my hope and prayer that we might have an opportunity to, to speak together again sometime soon. I would love that, Carl and Cassidy and Kevin. This has been very, very special for me. I, I, I feel like everything about listening and responding has been present in these minutes. And that's why I feel something entirely new blossoms. Sometimes when we have a prepared agenda of 20 questions we have to ask, uh, nothing new unfolds. But we, it's been a great privilege, and you help light candles in my heart for this season. Thank you for your responsivity. Thank you. Thank you. It's been an honor to be with you. It's been a privilege to be with you today. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. We are encountering silence. I'm Carl McCollman. To learn more about me, please visit carlmccollman.com. I'm Cassidy Hall. Find out about my work at cassidyhall.com. I'm Kevin Johnson. My current website is kevinmichaeljohnson.com. Please visit the podcast's website at EncounteringSilence.com, where you can learn more about each of our episodes and find links to purchase books and other resources we discuss on the podcast. When you make a purchase through a link we provide, the podcast receives a small affiliate commission from Amazon.com. Thank you for doing so. Please also visit Patreon.com forward slash Encountering Silence, 
To learn more about how you can be part of our circle of supporters and share in our efforts to bring meaningful conversations about silence to our all-too-noisy world. Thank you.